This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Brought to you by Dext. Welcome to the Best Practice in Accounting podcast with me, Rob Brown. This is one of five shows we put out every week and we take some stuff that works for accounting practitioners, fintech professionals out there. There's a lot of bull, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of hot air, there's a lot of promises made. I'm thrilled to have with you today someone that can cut through all of this and tell us what truly works. It's Carl Reader. Welcome, Carl. Hey, Rob. Absolute pleasure to be here and I'm glad I've not been bundled up into your description just then. Yes. Well, Carl, usually I have Martin Bissett on, who you know very well, and he joins me. He's done like 25 years of consulting and he knows what works. But you've got an extra special angle here in that you run a successful accounting firm and you've tried a lot of things, made a lot of mistakes and got a lot of things right. What are you going to talk about today on best practice? Yeah, sure. So, Rob, I'm going to talk about leadership. But before I do, let me just give a very um, potted history so that uh, the listeners and viewers can understand where I'm coming from with this. So yeah, your journey, in fact. My journey, yeah. And it'll be very brief. At the age of 15, I left school to become a hairdresser. Worked as hairdresser, wasn't cut out for it, but clearly also wasn't cut out for accountancy. Went back to do my GCSEs, fell into accountancy by accident, really enjoyed speaking to people. Um, moved to a firm in Swindon in 2002, ended up buying out that firm in 2007, scaled it up and exited. So I started the exit journey in 2012 and I retired in 2019. Well, I'm here today. So what's going on? Um, so I've had a bit of experience along the way of building management teams, but then also building leadership teams that can um, try and replace my executive role in the business and stepping away. So what I serve as at the moment in my business is as a non-exec chairman. Um, I serve as joint chair with Ben, who's um, the other investor. And I like to think that I've learned a little bit about leadership along the way. However, um, a good proportion of it has been by accident. And possibly one of the um, interesting parts of my journey, which I'll be sharing here, is around the takeover of a football club. So I took over a National League South football club. Now, for those outside the UK, National League South is the step just below professional. So it's the fifth level of English football, has some really big name teams. Um, yeah, it's where I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of something that might be relatable to the Aussies and the Yanks and so on and so forth, Rob. But it's a good, it's a good level of professional sports where everyone's paid a wage and you have to do it properly. Well, soccer's pretty global now, Carl. I was in the United States recently and everyone's got a team that they support. They know what's going on. So They have, Rob, but they all support Liverpool or Man U or Man City, don't they? They don't support <laughs> Hunger for Town. So I'm just setting the scene. It's a few leagues down from there. And one of, one of the biggest things that I learned, other than how to effectively run a pub, because that was how the club made its money, was around leadership within managing a team um, from a sporting perspective. And in high performance and leadership carl there are so many podcasts and books on leadership it's just such a massive subject so you're taking a little slice of this here and giving us some practical what works by way of lessons absolutely so 
here goes. Um, I, I guess I'm not going to say it's a masterclass because it's not. It's stuff I've learned from other people and learned the hard way myself. There's only a couple of jobs for a leader in a business. Okay. Really simple. Set the vision, clear any obvious obstacles that only you can clear and get out the way. Love that. It's as simple as that. Now, that might sound oversimplified and listeners might be thinking, hey, I, I want to be a leader, but surely this stuff involves improving my communication skills and improving my management skills and improving my selling skills and getting a more rounded experience in the business. True leadership is about inspiring others to follow you in the path. True leadership is about you know, leading from the front, i.e. clearing out those obstacles, but then trusting without ego those who are better than you to actually do the job better than you. And this was a really tough thing for us as, a, um, as an accounting firm. So most um, most listeners who are either in a firm or have experience of dealing with firms will get this. But you have a firm. Let's say it starts as a sole trade, then employs a few people, then employs an admin staff, then employs a manager, and, and sort of scales up organically. The reality of that business is that those who were in at the start, i.e. those who were doing accounts, doing tax returns, filing VAT returns or GST or whatever, the people who were doing that are the ones who are chosen to progress in the organization. So the person who's a good accountant becomes the accounts manager and so on and so forth. The person that's a good seller becomes the sales manager and the sales director. And... This is it, this is it. So accountants are in every single role of a business. And I'm gonna offend a few people here, Bob. You go for it, get on your soapbox. Apart from the roles that the accountants are think, think are beneath them. Okay. So you'll never find an accountant chipping in to do the cleaning. No. or chipping in to decorate the office. But they would argue, why should I be doing a five pound an hour job when I can charge 250 pounds an hour? To flip that argument on its head, Rob, why should I do a cleaning job or a decorating job when I want to, not I can, I want to do a management job or a sales job or a senior role or a senior partner? And that is ego, isn't it? It's about desire. It's not about earnings. They want to move upwards rather than chipping in. The biggest challenge that we had in our firm, and this was a test of ego for myself and Ben was actually when we became chairman of our business was about stepping back and having that mindset shift that actually we're serving our board rather than our board serving us. Okay. And flipping that traditional org chart on its head and that's leadership. And I know that comes into, you know, we could go off onto servant leadership and um, different styles of leadership, but the reality is as a leader, you're not the hero. You're actually serving your team so that your team can be heroes. And Carl, people that know you, You've been in this game a long time. You're a big character. You're a big personality. You're a big unit, big beard, big tattoos, big voice, big ideas, big plans, loud voice. And the idea of you stepping away from something when you are the guy, you are the brand, you are the voice. That must have been very difficult for you at times. It was horrific, Rob. And you know, I've actually stepped back into some of the personal branding stuff the, for D&T. Um, it, it was it was horrific. However, despite my outward outward, um, I guess, ego that I give off deep down, I actually don't have much of an ego. And I'm really fortunate, but I've got another horrific personality trait, but kind of outweighs my ego, which is my laziness. <laughs> That's very so my laziness wins the day. And okay. the fact that I can sit in bed while scrolling on Teams and seeing other people do that stuff, that wins the day for me over being seen to be the hero. However, what was difficult was, um, I mean, I've touched on in a different podcast episode with you about the hustle culture and the fact that I am always on. And, you know, I'm not just in the accounting world. I've got quite a few different business interests. Um, at the point of recording this, I'm actually involved in a takeover bid 
that's going to be um, probably a nine-figure sum. You know, it's a it's a um, horrific amount of money, more money than I ever imagined that I'd be dealing with when I was a kid. And it's to take over Southend United, my hometown football club. So I get myself stuck into stuff. And to have that, I, I guess, I don't like describing myself as an entrepreneur, but having that entrepreneurial zest and wanting to do stuff and build stuff and play with stuff, that involves rolling your sleeves up and getting stuck in. And I'm very much a starter rather than a completer. So when there is new projects coming into the business, when there is anything that needs a good boost, it's really hard for me not to get stuck in. So what I did was I set myself a really simple rule. And that rule was this. I will only get involved and get stuck in if it's a million pound decision. And I will only focus myself on thousand pound moments. So what do I mean by that? I've ditched the... 100, 200, 500 pounds an hour. I've done that, been there, done it. It's not that much fun. However, if there's a thousand pound moment that I can put into the business, I will put it in. So what is a thousand pound moment? It's something along the lines of a turn of phrase that might turn a disenchanted employee, might give them a spark to go and do what they're doing. It might be a phone call, you know, a quick check-in with one of our very top clients. Not because I have to, they probably don't really know who I am, but just to go over and above, just to randomly pick up the phone and say, hey, Andy, how are you doing? Lovely to hear from you. It's been 10 years. Just wanted to check in. How are you? It could be as simple as checking in with the team on uh, Microsoft Teams, dropping a voice note or so on, just to make them feel loved. It could be as simple as buying chocolates for the office. Those kind of things, they're not £100 an hour, £200 an hour, £500 an hour. They're £1,000 moments because they deliver more than £1,000 benefit to the business. The problem is you can only have so many of them, okay? It's not like you can have a timesheet and record your £1,000 moments because you might, in a day, you might have £10,000 moments. You might turn your business around. You know, if you're facing a bit of a disaster, you might turn it around. You might find a really good opportunity. You might um, stand up and present at a team meeting. Those kind of things, fantastic. But you can't plan for them because there will also be days and days and weeks and weeks where it feels like you're adding very little. So that's a tough thing. And the million pound decision, the reason why we'd only get involved with a million pound decision was because this, if we got stuck into something, as most partners in a firm would, you know, it's their clients, they feel emotional, and they might look at a situation and go, I know that client, I've known them for 10 years, they're not gonna like that, but it's worth 500 quid. If you get stuck in for 500 quid, you've undermined your board, but you're probably paying far more than that to deal with. And if you get stuck in, if you undermine that decision, you've got one of two outcomes. They hide things from you, or they lie down and wait to be micromanaged. Both of those aren't a result of good leadership. And when you look at bad leadership, Carlo, egos getting in the way and people at the top wanting to be front and center, what are the downsides of doing that? What are the bad outcomes? What do they get wrong? Okay, so I don't think being front and center necessarily correlates with ego. However, um, not accepting that others can do it better than you does directly correlate with ego. So I think that's a slight differentiation there because I do believe it's really important these days for businesses to have that personal touch. I talk very often about human to human. I think it's really important that you can ideally have the founder front and center, if not the most senior publicly available to share their voice as well as the corporate voice. I think that's a really important value for consumers nowadays trade. Um, we see it from you know the likes of Apple and Steve Jobs right the way through businesses of all shapes and sizes. So Carl, just to wrap this up then, what are the key takeaways for leaders and wannabe leaders in the accounting fintech world here listening to you right now? So for wannabe leaders, let's start there because this is really exciting. You've got your whole world ahead of you and you've got ambition. The thing that you need to do 
is to channel that ambition and make sure that it's directed in the right way. So I can go through a load of motivational quotes of the fact that if you blow out someone else's candle, it won't make yours burn any brighter. But there's productive stuff that you can do. You can build a strong personal brand internally and externally. That doesn't mean that you've got to get a blue tick and be dancing on TikTok. But it does mean that you've got to identify what your core strengths are, what your personal values are, and live to them. And make sure that you set that example. Your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So they say dress for the job you want and you get sacked for dressing like Batman. That can easily happen. But the way you dress yourself is actually the way you convey yourself, the way you communicate, the way that you go the extra mile, the way that you have every stakeholder in mind when you make a decision, the professionalism in the way that you deal with things. That's what's going to set you apart from each and every one of your competitors rather than bad-mouthing them. For leaders at the moment, I think that many of us accountants end up being accidental leaders in that we start our business, which isn't really a business, we start a self-employed job of doing accounts, because we didn't like the person we were doing it for before. And then we employ a few people, then we have a manager, and all of a sudden we're, we're thrust into this leadership position with no formal training. So my advice to you guys is to open your textbooks, go back to your ACCA, ICAEW, go back to the management theory, which you probably slept through because it was really easy exams to waffle and get your marks, but it didn't feel relevant at the time when you were a student. Go back to it, revisit things like setting values, setting your vision, goal setting, all of this stuff. Make sure that you craft a really powerful vision. Make sure that you know the why of what you're doing. If you can't communicate effectively, and 99% of accountants can't communicate effectively, make sure that you get training on it, whether that's public speaking training, whether that's empathy building, whether it's um, English writing, whatever it is, storytelling. I, I'm not afraid to share, but I went to a comedy class to understand how comedy is formed, how jokes are created, and that helped me um, supplement my communication skills. So be open to that. You know, the, the very best Taekwondo athletes in the world, little known fact, go to ballet classes. Okay, now if a Taekwondo athlete can go to a ballet class, then an accountant can go to a comedy class or a public speaking workshop. So build your communication skills, convey your why, convey your vision, convey what it is you do, and make sure that you repeat your vision and your values over and over and over again. By the time you're bored of saying them, other people are only just hearing them. Carl, this is brilliant. And just to finish off, you do have a vision for something called pronation. This is very new. It's something that you're getting behind and you're intrinsically involved in. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Rob, so really excited to, to share this. So pronation is a combination of the great and the good. Well, actually, the great and the great and the greater of the accounting world. Well, three is the magic number, Carl, apparently. Three is the magic number. Let me share a little bit more about why three is the magic number. You see, in the accounting world, we've got a load of firms who are doing okay, and we've got some successful firms, what are called breakout firms. And most breakout firms come in a few different guises. You've got the uh, top 20 who are breakout firms from a long time ago. They built a really solid base, and they're doing what they do. Lower tier than that, you've got kind of mid-tier breakout firms that are growing rapidly rapidly through acquisition, expansion, and so on. And then you've got some breakouts below who are really doing something different. They're, they're not just saying they're doing something different. You know, it used to be, oh, we're proactive rather than reactive, a phrase that any accountants who've been around the block for more than 10 years will remember. Nowadays, that's the, oh, I'm on social media and I'm not just your average accountant. Ignore all of that. There's some breakout firms doing some spectacular stuff. Now, the problem is for everybody else who needs a little bit of guidance, a little bit of support in what they're doing, there's not many people to turn to. 
we've got the guru factor, which is um, effectively somebody who's read a book and translates it. And we've seen that and they might have one or two areas of genuine expertise, but actually all they're doing is repeating the same message. But the worst part about this is that it's their way or the highway. Those breakout firms I mentioned before, they've, got, they've not got one set formula. There's a load of different ways of doing it. And there's a load of different ways of attacking all kinds of things in your firm, how you manage people, how you lead, how you price your services, how you do your operations, what software you choose, loads of different opinions. So what we've done is rather than relying on one guru, we've actually brought together three of us who've been there, seen it, done it. We are the breakout firms. We've done it in very different ways. We've got very different opinions, but we're not just gonna tell you what you should do and expect you to do it and leave you reliant on us to tell you what to do next. We're gonna actually facilitate smart discussion around the different ways that you can approach it so that you can make your mind up what's best. And here's the important part, rather than just focusing on the outcome, when we help you understand the why and what, what method or what, what route really works for you as an individual, it's far more likely, but not only are you gonna implement rather than just being an info junkie, but actually you're going to deliver and you're gonna build on that yourself. So our aim is simply to build more breakout firms. Yeah, and shout out to Will Fanel and Lucy Cohen who are involved in this with you. And this is international, Carl, isn't it? You've graced stages all over the world. Although you're all UK people, this applies to accounting practices and leaders that are in any country. Absolutely, and listen, let me shatter a myth. Every country thinks they're doing things best, okay? Every country. And I can guarantee that the Aussies are here thinking, what can we learn from those English? And the US are there thinking, what can we learn from those English? And if I was Aussie, there'll be an Englishman thinking, what can I learn from the Aussies? What can I learn? Well, yeah, we, we all think we know best because we have our blinkers on. What we're saying with pronation is that we don't know best for you. You know best for you, but we're gonna help facilitate that discussion intelligently using the experiences of the three of us and um, plus the experiences we've had speaking to thousands and thousands of firm owners. That's brilliant, Carl. Thanks so much. We're going to hear more about ProNation in coming weeks where there'll be a launch and a chance for people to get involved at various different levels. But for now, on the Best Practice in Accounting Show, it's about setting a vision, getting out the way and pushing you people to get on with it. Thanks so much, Carl Reader. That's been great. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world. Brought to you by Dext.